Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we've got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome to Ditch the the Script. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hi. Hey. I was doing Giselle Arms. Is that Giselle or Swan Lake? Uh, Is this Swan Which one? This one? No. Oh, yeah, Swan Lake. That's Toad's Swan. Yeah. (laughs) Giselle is down here. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) The funeral arms. Do you remember Dan being like, you're all a bunch of pissed off lesbians? (laughs) Which, honestly... That's how he described Giselle. 15 years later, I truly don't understand that comment. I truly don't get it. Okay, I do. I got it. Let me explain. (laughs) It's a bunch of women who basically kill any men who troll through you know stroll through the cemetery at night because yeah, the, they died of broken hearts i know but so they're like screw the men yeah, but that couldn't be lesbians because lesbians aren't no. aren't interested in men so they they're not getting their hearts broken by by men that's so re- that's also true too so it's just a bad girl game it's not <laughs> it's bad, that you it's know, a broken we, it's a broken we love heart women but- it's a broken yeah. heart girl gang. It's a broken heart girl gang. So I get what he meant, but it was inaccurate. Yeah, it wording. was problematic. and It didn't age well. Let's just put it that way. It did not, it age, did not well. age well. <laughs> did make me laugh when I was a kid. Yeah, I just, so I, we're talking about a ballet. Yeah, I feel talking. like people are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> exactly. We're talking um, about the storyline of a ballet. <laughs> yeah, I just remember there being like a, like funeral poses. Like it, it was like very dark. It was very sad. Yeah, we had. To, don't you remember we had to paint our faces white? Yeah, like dead. Mm-mm. In a like dead, ghosts. like in a dead way. Yeah, very sixth sensey. Yeah, it was great for like a dramatic. We were dramatic kids, so we were, and our hops and arabesque were on point, baby. Mm. Yeah, well, we. It's actually we were trained as like core ballet, so we were trained to be yeah. like stay alive yeah we had to be in sync with every single person regardless of what everyone looked like which is crazy good times good times good times no room for individuality there no no room for individual it's so funny that's exactly what i was just thinking that there was no room for individuality no when you're a court of ballet you don't get to be individual at all Uh -uh. soloist principal let your free and honestly even at that rate like if unless you're doing someone's original work, if you are a soloist or a principal dancer yeah. in these situations, you are doing someone else's work that has been repeated by the biggest companies again and again and again and again and again. And again. Like you're not, there's no, there's the only thing that is expressive is that you're maybe it's like your unique way of, movement, of the character. But, right. But the, yeah. but the, like the choreography and the tone of it is all exactly the same. And they wouldn't dare have you stray from it. True. How dare you? Except what? Except some of these like more modern companies that are like F it and they will, but it's rare. A classical bat like ABT, NYCB, like no, no, they're not going to do it. They're Um, like, how dare you disrespect George Balanchine? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I love Balanchine. He's my favorite. That's the one thing where I'm like, I will. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay. Oh my God. We just watched Alex fangirl over Balanchine. I love his work. Well, one, it was meant for tall, skinny bitches, which is me. So yeah. like that was Not me. that was the one branch or style of, of 
neoclassical ballet that like looked good on my body mm, um mm-hmm. you know what i mean so serenade vals fantasy oh my god yeah <laughs> whereas like coppelia and giselle and like those kinds of things look better on more petite women so yeah. it's like i was always the tall girl in the back like totally you know, holding down holding, holding down, down the, the back line yeah, baby but you knew all the parts <laughs> no one can see me this was um as much as i loved being in these like classical like ballet um shows like it it felt like such an honor to be so close to what is like what the heart of a professional dance world was for so long true however with love i it was like at the end of my bbt career with you and like everyone else and i was like um about to finish high school at that point, I'd always yeah. thought about dancing after after high school into college. Like I didn't know what that was going to look like, but that's what I knew that I wanted. And it was during that time that I like lovingly sort of realized that my body was never going to be celebrated in this line of work, and mm. and it really like it broke my heart, but in a way that I very much un- I, like I had to let it go. I was like, un- I mean, yeah. like maybe there could have been a place for me in modern dance, but it's just not what I wanted. Um, and I just sort of got real about it for the very first time where I was like, I don't see a future of me doing this in as a career because that will be over in 10 years from now. And, 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 and I don't know if I want to continue to be at war with my body in this way for the rest of my life. Yeah. I've really had to heal a lot of body dysmorphia for me and like, and it's not, it's weird because, like, you know, it's not in the sense that, um, mm, okay, I'm, I, I don't want to lie either. I was going to say it's not in the sense that, like, I think I'm this, like, crazy overweight person. So, like, I've never mm-hmm. struggled with an eating disorder. I'm mm-hmm. very blessed that, like, that was something that I didn't struggle with. But I do nitpick. I have had the habit of nitpicking myself and making peace with that, as well as as my body weight has fluctuated over the years since dancing, mm-hmm. it's like learning to love my body for where it's at in this moment has been something that, one, I've really loved, like as I've nurtured that and been able to tap into that, but it was something that I very much had to work on yeah. because of from the age of six till 20 five yeah i stared at myself in a mirror yeah all day every day yeah um with judgment with judgment in mind with judgment and like so i make this joke i feel like i made this joke even on this podcast a couple times that like the movie black swan with natalie portman like Mm -hmm. as dramatized as it is there's some truth to it like and and what you're referring to is specifically like the hyper fixation on one's body physique it's comparison perfection to perfection it's comparison yeah. to um your competitive peers like yeah exactly mu- it's interesting as much as they try to encourage and actually train you to be part of a cohesive group you are pitted against every single one of your I peers know. it's I really know. counterintuitive it is it is yeah so um i will say this though dancing on the west coast mm totally different vibe Very. than the east coast yeah like going to a dance class out here ballet maybe by is the exception to the rule but when it comes to like jazz and all these other fun like a heels class a jazz funk class it's way more accepting of individual movement style and body types as well as like the amount of camaraderie sure. and like 
the encouragement and the cheering. So it's like me as an adult, and I actually was just talking about this yesterday with a coworker. That's one of my goals in the next year is to start dancing recreationally again because yeah. I just miss it so much. But that's the vibe I'm totally going to go yeah, for. Will I right. take a ballet class here and there? Sure. But I want to like, mm, I want to feel myself. Express yourself. I want to get my Beyonce on. Yeah, yeah, express yourself 100%. I understand that. Uh, like, listen, growing up trained in like a classical ballet studio, whatever, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it really served its purpose. If, if I have to look back on it and acknowledge and make peace with all of the things that it left me really challenged by personally, I also like want to heal that and like put that to bed and acknowledge the things that it also gave me which was um, a really strong sense of community. And True. despite all the, all the competition, it also like gave me something to like focus on. And it really helped me to be disciplined with, with like my ADHD as a child was really difficult. And I think that like, and it was like where my confidence grew. It also was where my confidence was torn down all of the time. But <laughs> I think that that was like, <laughs> I think that that ended up being pretty good for me personally. I can't speak for other people. Yeah, I get that. I so get that. Um, So that was a fun little dance (laughs) tangent we just went on randomly. I like it. Hope you guys are here for it. Yeah, if you'd like to listen to our our, the psychology of ballet, um, the effects of ballet podcasts, we'll we'll be airing that episode next week. Um, That's not what this intro was (laughs) supposed to be about at all. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, We went there uh, and... So now we're going to talk about dating and relationships. (laughs) Okay. Specifically, we're going to talk about our um, schedule, our ultimatum schedule, because what's happening is we are going to rapidly, with love, care, and respect, and a fine tooth comb, we are going to finish the ultimatum in these next two podcast episodes. Um, We are going to cover episodes uh, uh, five, six, and seven today. And then next week it will be eight, nine in the reunion um, because da, 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 that's my jump roll. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have Love Island, you. which is Love Island UK is airing <laughs> this Wednesday. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. <laughs> we're so excited about that. I'm fucking hype. I can't wait Bro, to go back too. to the island. Oh, me I too. Me neither. The best I'm excited for the television. island. I don't even feel like it's that trashy compared to what we're watching right now, which is so gnarly. Like, maybe I've forgotten. Maybe I've, like, put Love Island on this pedestal after not watching it for over a year. I haven't watched it since 2020. It's vapid. It's vapid. But like we said last week, it's, you know, you get to, you see people actually work out their problems with one another because there's nowhere for them to go. But it is, it's vapid. Like... I don't know. I think, yeah. I think like, if I could be honest for a second, I love Love Island yeah, and all of, of the drama that it brings, but I think my issue with it is it's like, it upholds this, like this representation of like the ideal body type and what it means to like be seen as attractive and wanted and desired it, like across from this very heteronormative plane. And I, it's just, it, it gets, it gets really tired for me in the very beginning. The first episode of Love Island, I always hate. Because I hate how they're being so performative with one another. It really oh, grosses yeah. me out. And then I get into it. But the first episode is always really hard for me. 
Yeah, because they're basically, like, don't they, like, line up and, like, someone stands on a heart and someone has to, like, pick their first person or whatever? It's, like... It's brutal. Okay, so... I motion, I motion, and I motion for a reality TV show where, see, maybe I shouldn't say this on a public platform because someone's going to take this idea and make a lot of money on it, where it's like, <laughs> I could just keep my mouth shut right now. Patent pending, um, patent pending. <laughs> but yeah, but I really think it would be cool if we, to just put human beings in a room of all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, Orientations. cultures everything yes and let people connect gently like naturally you like, know they kind of watch that they kind of did that with the show 20 somethings i don't know if you've seen that oh i didn't watch it no I it's on netflix it's 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 actually really good but um it was that not intended to be that it was like all of these like young people like moving to austin and like there was no rules on who could fuck or who could flirt or whatever but mm-hmm. the display of the the display of what did end up happening romantically was actually pretty frustrating. So, yes, your idea and executed with intention and better. And maybe I like, like it. Let's throw some like thirty year olds in there. Like I'm tired of watching people who are twenty one. No offense to my well, my young see, kings and queens. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's more just like people in our age group usually don't. I've, well, you know, this is a huge assumption to make but i'm going to <laughs> throw it tons. out there that maybe the, maybe people over 30 have kind of outgrown that scene and or have emotionally matured and like can see it for what it is mm. um i don't know i just even me like consuming it when i was in my 20s i was so bought into it i was like oh my gosh like they're so in love this is so great and now knowing what i know and just being who i am today i watch it mm. and i'm like i can see through the bullshit yeah see totally it all so it's that. like, I wonder if that, but then I know for sure there are, I've seen 30 somethings, you know, on these shows be still there. So it's obviously not a hard, like end all be all 100% accurate statement. True, so true. Yeah. Well, we're about to get into um, the, the first part of our ultimatum finale. And yeah. And then at the end of this episode, we have our first mini session. I'm so excited for the mini session. (laughs) I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Such a a good good little, yeah. And something that a lot of people go through. I mean, all of us go through at some point. So yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear it. (sighs) Love it. Okay. So ultimatum Ultimatum. episode five and six and seven and seven. (laughs) Okay. So generally it all rolling. (laughs) What happens across these three episodes is we see the tail end of what, um, the new couples, so like uh, Rake and Mandel and Zanique and Culperal, what their time spent together <laughs> is like before they part ways and uh, have like one really weird dinner together as a group. And then they reconnect with their original couples, their original partners that they entered the show with. And then you see them uh, live with each other for two weeks. And then uh, what we haven't yeah. seen yet is their last week together, then the ultimatum um decision day essentially and then the reunion yes and it um, is hard to watch all of it was hard to watch <laughs> dude we episode five was like everybody fighting um uh-huh. which i thought was really eye-opening for a lot a lot of things yeah um so who are we gonna start with rake oh my god yeah let, uh, yeah let's start with rake and i'm gonna be honest like 
they're not perfect, but I still think that they're a better match than anyone else on this show. Yeah. I mean, I think they're a better match because as Ray keeps saying, they're very similar. Mm. Um, and in the good and the bad, which I think is interesting. Like they yeah. both have very similar toxic traits that the, in the way that they treat their partners, like meaning OG partners, and they both have very similar positive traits that they share. So it's really fascinating. And I think I will say this. I think one thing that this show may do really well, oh, I can't believe I'm even saying those words right now, okay, but yeah, I think it, I think it, it does a good job of demonstrating that everyone's thresholds and tolerance levels are different for what they will and won't tolerate within a relationship because mm. there are some things that are said or done in these relationships that I am like, absolutely not. I would not be okay with that. But then there are other things that I would be okay with that some of these people will not be okay with. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's interesting to be able to see that illustrated. So, um, clearly and divisively kind of in a way between the, the couples um, yeah. and how how different, you know, they react depending on whatever has taken place. So I'm excited. I think it's interesting that this show allowed for everyone to be going out in sort of like an un, unsupervised, not televised kind of way what we end up finding out is that like April and Colby both are like out in the world, you know, flirting with people in like nightlife spots, flirting Getting with people, numbers, exchanging, making, yeah, out. making out, exchanging information, flirting. And I just, we're going to talk more about that, but it's just interesting to, to see that like the show was really letting them do what they wanted to do where most reality television show, there's very strict rules. You like can't have your phone. You you can't leave the fucking property. You can't talk to anyone else. You can't even call your mom unless it's like scheduled as part of the episode. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, Ray, we start the episode coming back from the girls' night out, boys' night out that we uncovered last week, where there was some drama that came out. So Ray comes back home to Jake and starts giving him the lowdown. You know, she expresses how April loves him so much. And Jake says that um, he wants to be with uh, Ray. He very much admits that. Like, I, I kind I want to be with you. But Zay loves you, Ray. And so it leaves Jake thinking, you know, maybe she should be with Zay. Yeah. Um. So they kind of have this whole conversation around, you know, them maybe being together, maybe not. And Ray starts saying, you know, I don't want you to settle for things with April, things that make you feel uncomfortable. It just was a really, I, this convo kind of gave me some ick factor. I, it felt super weird. It was weird. I, it felt like, it felt like Jake was being pretty honest about the fact that he would, he's ready to, to decide on Ray if that's what she yeah. wanted, but he was trying to like, he was trying to do a temperature check, which was like, listen, I could basically go all in, but if that's not what you want, I'm going to just, I'm going to pull myself out. And she didn't answer that. Yeah. Or at least we didn't see that. Um, and instead it sort of seemed like she was almost prepping him for her not to choose him. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I also really, it bothers me so, and this happens quite a few times in these episodes where, um, 
people place themselves, I don't know if this is a victim mindset, if I would categorize it. I mean, one of them is absolutely victim mindset-y. But the way Jake says, you know, maybe she should be with Zay, it's like, I hate it when, because here's what I, where I feel that's coming from. I feel that's coming from a place of reassure me. I want, I'm um. saying this to get a reaction out of you and saying, but I don't want to be with Zay. Mm. And that's why it's like, like, why would you say that? You literally just told this girl that you want to be with her. And then you're like, but I hear how much Zay loves you. So maybe she should be with Zay. And it's like, uh, ew. It's kind of like, like what bait. kind of flip is that? Yes. Yeah. Beatty. Thank you. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And so that happens a couple times. And I feel like it's a really um, low key, passive aggressive way to kind of get that the information that you're seeking. And so it's like, why can't you just say, you know, Zay expressed to me how much he loved uh, or loves you, Ray. And I'm curious to know, what are your feelings like for him now after spending three weeks with me? Where are you at? Like, be direct with it. Don't be so slimy. Like, well, I was thinking maybe she should be with Wait, That's not your decision to make, Jake. So really what you're doing is you're looking for reassurance. So can you please just be more direct about that? It's interesting that you say yeah. that because I feel like there was actually in every single couple, every dynamic, yeah. even the ones that get remixed later and they go back to their original pairs, mm -hmm. there is someone trying to open up an honest, like nonviolent discussion about, hey, how are you feeling? What do you feel like you need? And every time the other person that they were asking that totally missed the opportunity or yeah. shut it down or blew it up or turn it into something that it wasn't or totally avoided it. And I'm like, oh my God, none of you are ready to do any of the things that you came to this show for. None of you are ready for marriage. Literally none of you. None of you. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree, which is why I'm like, it happened quite a lot. Like it's yeah. icky. It's like I said, it's icky. We need to, we need to break that habit as a species. It's not okay. Like let's stop. Let's just be upfront with how let's focus on our feelings and what we want and communicate that way instead of this like subliminal reconnaissance like bump bump mission impossible i need to read your mind and like <laughs> not show my cards but get you to admit yours you know it's like yeah okay, put it down which is Just interesting because it's like if none of you are gonna do this you're forcing us to do it for you and that's what right. we're doing right now like if i had to really like at least what we're given I'd, if I had to assess, I would say that Ray feels that she can more easily navigate conflict with Jake. Um, Agree. And she's getting more of that. I think that she's very frustrated by the patterns of communication or rather miscommunication that goes on in her relationship with Zay. That is tr yeah. obviously troubling for her. We're going to talk about that. Um, and I think for her, she'd prefer to be with Zay, but she wants their communication to be figured out. Whereas with Jake, she, mm -hmm. she feels like she's on the same page with him. They, they're able to talk. They're able, they're able to get further in a conversation than her and Zay are. There's not a lot of defensiveness. I think, if anything, she holds herself back from being vulnerable. So um, that's sort of where they start and stop. And then, I, listen, I got assessments on all of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Ugh, but yep. I'll hold myself. That's, 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 that's how I feel about them, generally. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, like moving on from this and the rest of the episode, we basically see them like, you know, visualizing what would it be like if we were together and they talk about, um, you know, vacationing. And then of course, Ray brings up like, I want to have sex four to eight times a week. 
and Jake like awkwardly was like, "Well, okay, cool, we can make that happen." Like, and that basically yeah. was the end of that. For <laughs> what them, I will say though, outside them. of that sort of like pick me, pick me moment of like, I know, is it is it going to be hard for you to want to have sex with me every single day of the week? Sometimes even twice a day. Like, of course it's not. Like, I know. of course he's going to want to do again. That. Like, it's so, it's such a weird way to position it. Just be like, you know, I have a pretty active sexual libido. How are you going to be able to keep up? Like, why yeah, does it need right. to be this like temptress, weird ass, like sex bomby <sighs> Madeline move? Like, come on, y'all. Yeah, it's, it's something. Um, I did though appreciate that they were having conversations about like, Agreed. What, do, what do we want our futures to look like? Because I think like, it's one thing to get swept up in the moment of, right now that feels like a vacation it's a new person you're in this like honeymoon type phase but to think about okay so we like each other we enjoy each other's company is what we see for our futures do they feel like they pair well yeah do we want the same things? yeah i agree there's an attempt there i just feel like with the attempt it's still so like fairy tale like we're gonna vacation yeah. twice a year with our kids and we're gonna have sex all the time it's like all right talk about how are you gonna handle if someone loses their job you know how do you finances. deal with finances are you a spender <laughs> are you an investor yeah it's like let's talk about that kind of shit. do you budget you where know? are we living like, how, are you in debt <laughs> yeah where are we living how many cars do we have yeah like let's talk about how you prefer to spend your money like i don't it's just there's so many other things you know that contribute to a relationship outside of vacations and sex so it's like yeah all right <laughs> next okay let's talk about let's talk about zanique uh which is zayn shanique yeah. i'm gonna be honest Woo! this there, explained a lot this explained a lot um, yeah, I feel saw the light. Yeah, I I saw very consistent patterns in Shanique's behavior when she's in conflict, mm -hmm. and it did not matter if she was with Zay or she was with Randall. She was in the same Woo! barriers. She was coming up to the same barriers, no matter who she was with. And let's break that down. Oh my God! Yes. So, um, same with Zay. I saw it yeah. very similarly with Zay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it starts off with like Zay reacting to her facial expressions and like all this stuff. And so they, they both basically are triggering each other and causing the other person's trauma responses to come out. So like, yeah, they're Zay's both getting a fighter. super defensive. Like, yeah, exactly. So the way that Zay's trauma response is, is he wants to dig in more. He's like, let's sit down. You talk to me. We're going to talk this out. Like, I need your attention. Like, he's very much like, you're not leaving this room. We need to talk. And Shanique's the opposite. She's her defensiveness. She's so like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk away. Like, but I she, can't right now. But she and wants to make snide little comments. That's what I said. She's very mm -hmm. pokey is yeah. what I put. She makes these like underhanded, like low key reactive abuse type. Like I'm going to push you. I'm going to keep pushing you. But and she's I'm doing say it how while I walking feel. away. Yeah. Like, this is, this so is really like frustrating to me. It's, it's really yeah. avoidant because of course, like we, we believe that people should be able to take breaks when they're in a, when they're in a conflict that that's not going anywhere. 
But if you Absolutely. need a break, walk away. If if you continue to make a comment, you are still, it doesn't matter if your back is turned and you're walking in the other direction, you are attacking your partner and you, you continue to throw jabs at them. They're not going to fucking respond to that well. And, but you're getting off on being the person that has the last thing to say. That's yeah, an attack. It's, it's so, it was toxic AF. I was like, bad. oof, this got bad is what I put where in I want, Where um, I want to like validate Shanique though is like she, while she was expressive in her reactions, I'm not going to fault her for that because like she said, she's like, no. I'm a human being, like I'm listening and I'm having a reaction. I'm sorry that you don't like how I'm reacting, but I'm listening. And she was, she was totally yeah. quiet. She was listening to Zay talk about how he, he, he was, he he was having a moment about you know the issue with Ray or whatever, and Jake and he, Zay was being vulnerable with her. She's just listening. She's having some facial reactions, and he got defensive and he got scared. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I didn't appreciate how Shinny can. I didn't appreciate how either of them handled it. We do Me neither. We do see um Zay go take a walk. He comes back. He apologizes, and it was like a. It was like a meaningful apology. I want to break down like the qualities of it without even saying what are you saying. In order to apologize, like in a meaningful way, you need to actually own the thing that you are sorry for. It's not good enough to just say I'm sorry and have that be that. Yeah. It's also not good enough to say I'm sorry, but this is what you did that got me heated. Yeah, if you want to okay. apologize and you want that, you want to stick that fucking landing because you mean it and it's and it and it's appropriate to do so. You need to apologize and know what the fuck you're apologizing for. Say what it is yeah. that you did. Let your partner hear mm-hmm. that because that's what takes an apology from a from an from the ears of a partner to be like I can accept that because I hear that you know what you did wrong. And then following that we need to see behavioral changes because we can't just be apologizing for the same shit and just and just lean on the fact that we have awareness 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 what the fuck are you doing with that awareness? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. Like him, he used very specific language. He used her words um, because he was really defensive. She was like, you're raising your voice, like stop yelling. And he's like, I'm not yelling. But I'm. this happens, I feel like, a lot in relationships. Someone gets passionate and raises their volume and it is yelling. Raising your voice and yelling are the same fucking thing. Can we please acknowledge that? Mm-hmm. Um, and when that when someone is trying to listen to you and you raise your volume because you're passionate about the topic i'm using air quotes by the way for anyone who's just listening and not watching the uh youtube, <laughs> the YouTube. um the youtubes um <laughs> you know when we do that it is there's actually science that shows like the small bones in our ears start to close up as a defense mechanism so it's hmm. like can we please yeah, so I'm, I make the joke selective hearing is a thing. But if you want to actually have your partner hear you and not have these defense responses out of a fucking survival threat go off, then maintain your tone. <laughs> Keep it chill. And if you can't, leave the room. And so, like you said, we, we see him leave. He comes back and he straight up says, I'm sorry for raising my voice at you. So I'm really glad that he used her language and took ownership of that because at first he was like, I'm just talking passionately. He yeah, was like totally. defending it. Um, and then what? I, I, oh. I get quote passionate 
that's something that I do. It's something that I, it's like, that's my work to do among probably I'm sure oh, a yeah. lot of other things. Yeah. But you know, that's it comes from this place of like really wanting to be heard and understood. So my, right. my journey is like, you don't have to get loud for people to hear you. You don't like, just because you have a point that you need to make, just settle, just settle. Like, the, like everything can be said in an exchange of active listening at like a neutral <laughs> like de-escalated volume. Right. But yeah. it, it, it comes, it comes from like dynamics with my mom. It's like me feeling like I got to shout for her to fucking like stop. You know what I mean? But that's my, that's and I'm my sure thing. it's probably this. Right. And I'm sure it's probably the same with Zay. Like at some point mm -hmm. he felt unheard and that was the way he tries to resolve mm -hmm. it. We can, and that's the thing is like, all of us have our own shit. We all have our own mm -hmm. things. Like, and like you said a second ago, awareness is great and we need to take action and actually yeah. like fix our shit and make an yeah. effort to watch our tone. And yeah. so really proud of him for taking that, admitting it. And then he even gets a little teary eyed and says like, I'm sorry for taking my, and I couldn't pick up the words he said, but he was, I think he was trying to say like he's his like, own started, stress and like yeah, worries he's out at shit you. Out on her. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she comes over and gives him a hug cause she just is really, and she says, thanks for apologizing. So good for Shanique. Cause it's like positive reinforcement. That was awesome to see that. Um, and then something really interesting happens. Um, do we want to just go ahead and jump to Shanique and Randall's little. Oh yeah. So dinner? Shanique, Shanique's hearing about Randall and his like, uh, his connection that's developing through Madeline, um, after girls night. And so she's like, I know I'm not supposed to talk to him, but I need to have a conversation with him. And when I heard that, I was like, Oh great. I'm so glad Like they should connect. Yeah. They should have this honest conversation about what's going on because when Shanique is getting ready, she's like, I want to let him know that to make sure that he knows that Madeline thinks that he's the perfect guy. Like basically to say, I want to, I want to talk about this with him. So I know how I'm supposed to feel about where we're at. And yeah. I was like, perfect. <laughs> That's incredibly mature. And then it wasn't. It was the most immature bullshit I'd ever seen on display. Because it wasn't that. Yeah. It was, I want to see you to try and convince you that I'm better for you. And like, we're still in a really, it was, it got so toxic. It was bad. So Shanique was doing the exact same thing that she was doing with Zay, which was like, she actually Randall sort of like, categorizes this pretty well later on in, in some of the other episodes, but he's like, yeah, you know, Shanique's hearing one thing that I am saying, she's reacting to it. She's no longer listening and she's just going off on her own, um, like petty spiral in response to this thing that I said. And because I didn't say it perfectly or I, she, I didn't, yeah. she didn't hear what she wanted to hear. She's now like, uh, the Brits call it like slugging me off, you know, it's like, well, fuck. Like, I guess I'm not. So, but here's the other thing. This is Randall's issue is that he, once he recognizes that there's like miscommunication happening, he just keeps going. He's like still trying. Yeah. He's still trying to get his point across. He's still trying to get it to be heard. He's acknowledging that the person that he's talking to is not like meeting him in the conversation where he's at. He's coming from a good place, but homie needed to homie needed at some point to just like be like, you know what? I'm, I don't feel like I'm able to talk to you. I feel like you're not listening to me, which he was saying. And so therefore I'm going to walk away because I, it's not feeling good anymore. Yeah. Um, and 
I so get that. Like if I'm going to identify where I have an issue, it's that mm-hmm. it's over communicating. It's mm-hmm. like, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk this again. Mm-hmm. So I feel for him. And I, I agree with you. Like when he turns the corner to go after her, first of all, something he says that I'm really not okay with was like, that's the dumbest thing I've heard you say all day. I was like, okay, we, those are inside thoughts. I'm like, totally. we don't say that out loud. And like, you know, I understand that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like, how could you say something like that? But because he was responding to her being like, okay, so she did this passive aggressive petty, like, so you're my ex and we have no loyalty for each other. And I have no respect for you because you're my ex. And he was just like, are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing you've said all day. I understand feeling that way. And we don't need to say that because what does that produce? Nothing. She shuts down even more, turns the corner. And like you said, Randall can't seem to put it down. So he starts following her and it's like, oh my God, like just let her go. Let her take a break. And you know what? That's the thing. Like, I totally agree with you. That was not something that he should have said. It was disrespectful. No. And he could have prevented himself from getting to that point had he recognized that this was not going to be a fair fight from the get yeah for i think from shanique leaving like at that point when he was like let me walk you out that should have been the end yeah he should have just walked her out me too and then it's like okay why are we down the street in an alleyway having this weird ass conversation why are we in a parking garage nook (laughs) yeah there we go parking garage nook yeah it looks so (laughs) sketchy i'm like what are we doing here i know and i couldn't tell Um, if shanique was hammered i don't know it seemed like this was like the three episodes of Randall having conversations with drunk women, like, yeah, <laughs> I sort of felt both, bad for both of his girls. Yeah. Both of them. They just go off the handle. Can we, when they can, have, actually, can we know, talk little... about this a little bit? The conversation that he had yeah. with Madeline after she came back from girls night. So yeah, totally. Oh so, my gosh. Yes. So bad. Madeline's obviously, where did we leave her? She was hammered. She comes back hammered and she was ready to Get it in because she oh, yeah. said, I'm ready to make out with Randall off camera. End of episode. And now we see her ready to seduce her man. And she gets. He turns her down. No. He turns her down. And my hope is that he turns her down for at least two reasons. One, because she was obviously wasted. Um, and I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he did it for that reason. But we don't know that. And two, um, I think that he was still thinking about his partner. I think he wanted to be respectful. And the fact that they were on camera. He was like, no. Yeah, he said that. He yeah. was like, no. And, yeah. And she was like, I, I, but well, I don't I care. This. And he's like, I know you don't care, but I care. And, um, yeah. you know, it was, it was icky. It was also so icky because she was not respecting his boundaries. He also, I agree with you. I think he's a respectable man in the sense that like he can recognize you're super drunk and like, doesn't want to take advantage of that, mm-hmm. you know? And I also think Randall just like, he's, he even said this, he's like, I want to explore what I have with Madeline of a sober mind in the sense that it's so easy to have sex with someone. It's not easy to establish compatibility and connection. So like, let's prioritize that. And I agree with that. Like I get Randall. I th- I, I get where Madeline's coming from. Sex is a huge part of relationships. She really wants to explore that. And I agree that they should, if they decided to keep seeing each other, but three weeks, like, come on, like we can, we can start a foundation of a relationship that can outstand the sexual relationship I have with someone else. Because at the end of the day, a great sex life isn't going to make an 80 year marriage successful. It's not, Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. so much more to a relationship Mm -hmm, than that. mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. 
anyway, it got icky. And then because Madeline got shot down, um, she, oh, wait, no, he starts so Randall putting his foot in his mouth again with her over the whole this one t- telling her about the Colby drama. And it's I like, really bro, think that she doesn't was, need to know. She doesn't need to know. But he, I think he was trying to warn her. He was trying to be like, yo, I'm, Agreed. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to be your friend in this moment and let you know what your ex-boyfriend is doing and how this is going for him. And she was emotional. She didn't want to hear that. But for me, if I could have, like, you know those, like, movies where it'd be, like, you have someone in your ear but in yeah. like, a control room yeah. talking to you? I would have been in Randall's ear and be, like, stop. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. She's wasted. You're not having a conversation with the person that you are in this relationship with right now. You're having a conversation yeah. with a drunk person. Set it down. Yeah. Stop talking to her. Recognize. You, he should have yesterday to death and be, like, all right, sweetie, let's go. Let's go take these dogs out for a walk. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was pushing. Yeah, again, it in, got and so in the spirit of making his point. Yeah, and it's like we need to put it down. Like we need to we need to get really good at recognizing. Okay, this isn't going anywhere. And um, with Madeline, she straight up says, "Like I don't want to know. I don't need to know those things. I just want to focus on you." And that should have been enough. And he doesn't understand where she's coming from because. He thinks, what did I write here? He thinks like um, she's, that he is making the assumption that she doesn't want to hear it because it's her ex-boyfriend. Mm. When I believe Madeline, when she says, I don't really give a fuck about what Colby's doing right now. I just want to focus on you. So like, I really don't need to hear this. And he's not taking her at her word. Like, he's like, but I'm trying to say like, it's in your about And it's like, okay, no, 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 no. She said she doesn't want to hear it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um. And so then she ends up like rolling her eyes and all of this. And then she ends up crying and Randall invalidates her, which I was like, wanted to come through the TV because he said, there's no reason to cry. Why are you crying? And it's like, ooh, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, ooh, I have more quotes that I don't like. Then they get in the elevator and Madeline's all, fuck you, shut up. I don't know why you're still talking. And I'm like, okay, also not okay. Sponsored by alcohol. Um, sponsored by alcohol and really a lack of emotional awareness and understanding of how to talk to people because it's like i i understand that alcohol definitely has a is a factor and i think we can still remain healthy and respectful i know but you know what she was not just two sheets to the wind she was 45 sheets to the wind so i don't know how we didn't get like a bathroom scene of her barfing puking and um, yeah this is probably in- included somewhere in there but um <laughs> it, the, honestly this whole show ha- now uh, we've been watching every episode like one week at a time but having watched three episodes at once there's so much alcohol influence in everything so that they do it's really like yeah it's kind of a shame um it makes me not believe anything so <laughs> yeah <laughs> So true. Okay. So basically what we're seeing here with Mandel is that I think Madeline's really taken by Randall. Her hang up is that they, she doesn't know what their sex life is going to be like. And therefore she's nervous about, um, is this really a, a better connection? Randall sort of calls her on and he's like, I feel like you're, uh, I feel like you're looking for something to be upset about. I feel like you're looking for, so true. um, something to say no about because of whatever. And I wish that they explored that more, but they didn't. 
Um, and at yeah. the same same time, Randall is interested in Madeline and is is willing to like keep seeing things through. I think that he notices that she he can have more conversations with Madeline. They can even like yeah. outside of how that night handled, which she actually apologized for. She said, she did. I have one regret and it's how I handled that night. And I was like, I, I was like, you. yeah, go off. Yeah. But I think outside of that moment, it seems like Randall is, feels more heard with Madeline than he does with Shanique. And so therefore I think that that continues to fire his flame towards seeing what, what's going on with Madeline at the same time totally. with Shanique. It's, they made a lot of references to the work that they're both supposed to be doing, which means they've had these conversations before is either by themselves or with counsel present, but they are saying like, you know, we're supposed to be working on listening to each other more. And I feel like I'm doing that or I'm trying to do that. And I'm not seeing that from you. And I agree with him. I was not seeing that from I agree. at fucking all. At I wasn't all. seeing her. I wasn't no. seeing that in that, in their dynamic. I wasn't seeing that in her relationship with Zay. I wasn't seeing that period. So I give Randall for kudos for noticing that. And I can see what it is that holds him back from moving forward with Shanice. Being all in. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to, I'm going to try and light a fire because we got two more episodes. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so. April um, Colby. April Colby. Basically what we're seeing with them is that um, April is, April and Colby are both single in their partnership with each other. The thing that they are appreciating about one another, I actually really love their like connect four exercise. I want to like. That was cute. It was so cute. Oh, I love that so much. I want to like do that with someone like, what are the four things that we connect on? Oh, I thought it was adorable. Yeah. But I think that they really enjoyed being in each other's company. I think that they were vibing off of each other's energy. And it seems like the yeah. thing that I have an issue with is that the two of them are both like, we're different people now. But you're not different yeah. people three weeks later. April was hanging on to this version of herself that was present in in the company of Colby. And I wish that she could see from a bird's eye view that if you don't feel that way and that version of you isn't ever able to come out in your boyfriend, Jake, he's not the guy for you. Not saying that Colby is yeah. either, but like you could be happier with someone else, babe. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I completely agree. So yeah. Um, my, I really, there were a lot of icky things Colby has said over these last three episodes that I'm like, whoa, homie, you gotta check your ego. But, um, one of them was at this little, um, did she realize it? Yeah. She, he starts talking to like, uh, April about, you know, we're about to go back and like reconcile with our exes, our OG partners that brought us here. And he says to her, like, I'm, I need to see if, if Madeline realized I'm the one she really wants. And I was like, ew, like, okay. And so that was um, a little red flaggy there. But as these episodes progressed, it was more and more and more. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to jump into um, the next one. Yeah. All right. Episode seis. Seis. It's all the Spanish I know. Yep. Um, So let's just keep piggybacking off of April and Colby. Like, so Colby shared with the group, episode six is when they have this like awkward dinner reception to switch back, transition back to their OG people. So Nick and B- Vanessa Lachey are present. And basically all the couples kind of go one by one and share like what they learned from each other. So um, 
Colby shares that April taught him how to listen and makes the joke. It's because she talks so much. So I kind of was forced to listen. (laughs) Um, And like you said, April said he helped her to find this confident, positive version of herself. And Madeline's like making all these faces the whole time. Super reactive. Um, And yeah, like I'm with you on them claiming to be like these completely transformed versions of themselves in the three weeks that they had together. (sighs) When it's like, I can see that if they're going to claim that there was some growth, there was like, you know, in, in this little incubator of like a test, I was able to see like what I need to work on. Um, but that's but not, claiming that's not like, what it was. I, like, and yeah. what they end up doing is like, they're trying to put on, actually something's feeling very clear to me is that it, at least in April's case, probably Colby too. They're, they're both so hurt by the fact that they're, their people that they showed up with are really connecting yeah. with others that they're working really hard to be this very turned on version of themselves in the company, yeah. in the group so that they have the opportunity to be chosen by them again. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, ugh. and that comes back in the winery trip, which I'm excited to. Oh my unpack. God. Okay. Can I, um, I just want to say that like with, for the next couple of weeks that we see, April and Jake move back in with each other because this, this is what happens next. All of the couples move mm-hmm. back in with each other. They all have a really awkward first night except for Madeline and Colby who absolutely bone. Everyone else is like treading a little bit carefully because they're transitioning away from what they were just had gotten used to. But for the rest of the time that April and Jake spend together, April is begging Jake to be part of like to be close to her, to make her feel yeah wanted it was very i can see all of the neediness and she was doing stuff that pissed him off he did stuff that pissed her off that sent a reaction but the way that she handled it was bad so every time she had him close and they were they were definitely uh maintaining closeness through sex uh off Mm -hmm. off screen but whatever whatever opportunities they found to be close again April did something that pissed Jake off, and then he was miles away from her again. And you could just see her reaching really hard. And I think that that, I hope that she's able to see that when she watches the show back and reflect because yeah. it was it was pretty desperate. And I hate to it like was. sort of say that, but that's what it looked like. Yeah. It's like this person's not responding well to you right now. Leave him alone. No. Yeah, and you know the thing if like we're gonna look at if we're going to like talk low key attachment theory really quick, like clearly April's anxious and like needs to lock on. And Jake is like, okay, well now I'm going to like retreat far away. And that's the worst that anxious avoidant dance is like the worst because the second Jake does that, as you said, it triggers April to like latch on harder and harder, which just pushes Jake further and further away. And this is why it's like, it's up to the anxiously attached person to like allow the avoidant to have a break. And it's up to the avoidant to make an effort to actually connect with their anxious person so that they calm the F down. So it's like, you know, you guys got to meet in the middle quite literally because neither of you are ever going to have it your way 100% Mm. of the time. You're just Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. it was a hot, it was a hot mess watching them come back together. Um, You know, the other things that came up within the couples, Jake and Ray, you know, they said that they had a great time together. Jake was like, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, you know, and Zay kind of chimed in and was like, it's not my my responsibility to stand in the way of your happiness if you found something in Jake that you don't have with me, which I thought was like a really responsible thing to say. But I don't think he meant it based off of what ends up happening later. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I just I don't believe it anymore. 
Uh, me neither. All of, I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. So I remember when we were like, April's like, she's speaking from this place of confidence and she's like, yeah, she's, she's really like, she feels good about herself. I actually, I, I think it's kind of her defense mechanism. Like I actually, I think it's false confidence because everything else she does is a reaction of feeling insecure. Um, so I just, I don't really buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I'm with Mm -hmm. you. I think she can put on a brave face. I think she can put on, um, you know, this facade of confidence, um, with women in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to men, it's so not there. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, she needs the validation. So it's like, Ooh. Um, and so, you know, Zay and Shanique, they kind of talk about how they worked on communication and Shanique says that Zay's super sweet and would make great husband material. And then of course we get to Mandel and, um, Madeline expressed that, uh, what was missing with Colby Randall gave her and Randall made her feel heard and understood. And Randall said that Madeline allowed him to express himself and all this good stuff. Um, but Shanique starts to chime in and is like all defensive. She's like, I did this to myself by bringing him here, but you've known him for three weeks. And there's a lot of things that Randall could work on. Like she's like kind of trying to one up man, uh, Mandel, <laughs> Madeline in this instance and be like, you can sit there and say, he's such a great guy, but you don't know him like I do. Yeah. And it was just like, why Shanique out of all the times, like publicly, like, I mean, you should never try and put a person down like intentionally like that. And yeah. not only is she doing that, she's doing it publicly. And it's like, yeah. oi, they. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. We, we should acknowledge the fact that, like, okay, so you're, you're, Chanique, you're feeling a little defensive that, like, um, your partner has been having, like, a pretty good experience with someone else for the last three weeks. But if we look at some of these recouples, like, the recoupling that was done, a lot of them are, ha- are getting on with their new partner in, better in the ways that they were struggling with their last one. Right. So whether it was communication or vulnerability or intimacy, um, they are actually not having those same issues. So when you were coming from a defensive place to be like, well, I, you don't know this about your new, your new boyfriend, but like when we were together, he couldn't fucking talk about anything. He never listened to anything. It's like, maybe he actually, listens to this other person maybe she listens to him do you ever think that that could be possible do you ever think that it sort of takes two to tango yeah absolutely so you know it's interesting because like there is a part of me that feels that that's spot on like it takes two to tango so with a different person not your relationship isn't going to be the same necessarily from person to person, but Shanique's a great example of this. No matter who she's with, whether it's Randall or Zay, she still has the same communication issues that bubble up, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. And so I think it's really important to know the difference between an issue that I have and an issue that we bring Mm. out in each other. Those are two very different things, right? Yeah. So, so, and that takes a lot of self-awareness. And I think the other thing that this show, and because of the way the show is set up, these now, you know, participants, I was going to call them contestants, but they're not competing for anything. Um, <laughs> they, each other's person, yeah. um, they are forgetting the fact that three weeks, you're so in a honeymoon phase. And of course, you're not going to have the same issues arise in three weeks. Like, 
give it another year and now let's see like what else is bubbling up in the surface you know what i mean because ray for example like ray um alludes to the fact that like her and jake didn't fight at all in three weeks it's like okay yeah cool you will fight at some point like mm-hmm. that re- that just because it didn't happen in the first three weeks doesn't mean it's you're mm-hmm. never gonna fight so mm-hmm. that's like kind of where i'm coming from with like we need to recognize these things and like be honest with ourselves about like is this a me issue is this an us issue and also let's understand that i've hardly know this person still yeah you know yeah totally okay, okay so the couples return they return and they start to their og person and they start living together honestly i think what we end up seeing we didn't really get to know the couples too much before they left but i think what we see is their uh, issues on blast amplified times 10. Totally. So who do we want to start with? Uh, OG couple wise. I think, I think we should talk about Ray and Zay. Okay, cool. So they're at the top of my list here. So they, they're, they really struggle with communication. And I think I want to give Ray some credit here where we've been sort of, Mm -hmm. uh, tugging at her. I don't want hard to say on her. Mm-hmm. We've been hard on her. And I think that she really did try to be more expressive. And she spoke to her to the ways in which that she holds herself back from being vulnerable. She sort of spoke to the fact that I sometimes want space to be alone. I want space to hold my feelings to myself. Sometimes I don't always want to be pushed to share. And I I want to reserve the right that she's allowed to like want those things for herself. Do I think that that's always going to serve her? Not really, but it's not my life and it's not my, not my story. So, but I think that she, I think that the, the things that she was running into with Zay, I think were just uh, like a, a, a them issue, sort of exactly what you were just talking about. It was neither just Ray's issue or just Zay's issue. I think it's a couple them in a dynamic yeah. issue. There is always miscommunication. They're always talking one over the other. There's a lot of resentment that's built there. And mom, Ray's mom. Oh my God. Yeah. I really didn't appreciate. I think she was coming from a good place, but basically she was trying to like moderate their conversation while they were out. Poor Zay's like crying. Yeah. Um I know. It was just bad. The whole thing was bad. I didn't like how mom was getting involved. I thought that she needed to back off. And I yeah, just seriously. I, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I agree. I think like where Ray's mom was trying to be helpful and like helping them hear each other, um, they would do better with, uh, uh, neutral third party because clearly being Ray's mom, they're biased towards Ray. So they get really defensive for the things that Ray, you know, is feeling and hurting from, and they're eager to, you know, kind of jump on the bandwagon against Zay. Although I will say I appreciated the fact that like Zay or Ray's mom said, Zay just asked you a question. Like you need to answer the question. Yeah. Um, so like, at least she was semi even there, but it it wasn't helpful to produce anything. It just was really emotionally very inducing. Hostile. Yeah. And dysregulating. And then it's like, and now I'm going to send you on your way as a couple back to your little makeshift apartment, fully heated now to enjoy the rest of the day together. Like it wasn't, it wasn't coming from a place of, of love. And um, I think when we seek counsel in our relationships we need to be really selective with the people that we go to because one we don't just want to be in like an echo chamber Mm -hmm. which like madeline's friends are very much an echo chamber right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um 
And, uh, and in some time, in some cases they're right. And in other cases, I'm like, that's way off base. Um, but you know, we need to, we also need someone to elevate our way of communicating and not everyone's trained to do that. Right. Like your neighbor, your mom, your cousin, like your best friend. I mean, I'm lucky because Bree's my best friend. So Mm -hmm. I very much can. And she'll be like, okay, let's play devil's advocate here. (laughs) And like, or like ask me questions that Mm -hmm. kind of. And yeah, and so it's like, I'm, we're blessed, hashtag blessed, but yeah, you need to be selective. The moral of the story is here you, is you need to be selective because what ends up happening is Ray's mom is not that person. Yeah. And they, she ends up bringing up all these emotions. And then what ends up happening later that evening, or I'm assuming it's later that evening, maybe it wasn't, but Zay very much tries to express himself, um, with, with, uh, Ray and, um, oh, to oh, be with her about wanting to be with her and she cannot she's yeah. like i need to take medicine she like l- avoids it she's that like was after the, that was after the i want to lay down that was after the vineyard oh okay see so i'm getting ahead of myself i was wondering if i was so we're gonna hit pause there and come back to that later yeah yeah okay Shin- oh go ahead no i think Sorry. i think what does end up happening uh somewhere between these two moments that we're talking about is that Zay, basically what I want to say is that Zay is being very honest about wanting to be with Ray for him. I think yeah. there was an issue that I had with him in this moment and I'm not faulting him for it. He's a human being and he's also a man. And I feel like I'm, I'm taking a bit of an issue with this because I feel like I have been, uh, unintentionally utilized as a, an emotional sounding board for men who mm. talk to me Get my input. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, is that Zay looks at his time spent with Shanique as not him investing in Shanique and getting to build on what could be a, a really like good relationship between the two of them. He uses it as an opportunity to get to know himself. He thinks that uh, like there are things that I've learned about myself. There's stuff that I've learned about how to do this relationship better in a healthier way that now I'm ready. I didn't know if I was ready before and now I'm ready. And in those moments when I'm hearing those words and Shanique's not present for it, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little triggered because I'm like, fuck, like, is that what some of us are sometimes? Like, we're just like here to tune you up and get you ready to go back into the world and be the, be the boyfriend that like your partner who haven't been able to work any of this stuff out without the help of me. Now you're ready to go be a a good partner for them. Like what the fuck? So I was just like, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah, it, it tolls. Um, let's talk about Shanique and Rand. Yeah, let's talk about Shanique and. Mm. I mean, and we've started. We sort of talked about them, but basically picking up where we've been leaving off, which is that their communication is like fucking whack, garbage. They, I, I think that they had moments where they were like really seeing each other in like a leveled sense. We should talk about uh, Randall going to Shanique's parents' house for barbecue two yeah, dude. Which, I Oh, man. Um It was intense. I feel bad for Randall because like like we've seen him communicate with both of these women and like, you know, is he perfect? Absolutely not, but like they don't Shanique's family doesn't see what Shanique struggles with and like her father keeps saying like you, your, your daughters, like, of course, they're going to want to marry your daughters. They can do no wrong. They're perfect in your eyes. And it's like, okay, but that's your downfall, homie, is like, you need to be more open-minded to understand that 
you being a married man should know it takes two to tango. So instead of just assuming what's wrong with Randall because he hasn't proposed to my kid in the last two and a half years, why don't you ask Randall, what's been your challenge in this relationship for you, Randall? And he doesn't ever give him that. Ever. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what the fuck was going on. And it was so blatant. It's like, I totally agree with you. Randall is not perfect. He needs to know when to put a fucking conversation down. That's what he needs to do. For real. However... <laughs> He is I out have tips, here. Randall. Hit me up. This is yeah. something I had to work on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when honestly, you see your partner shutting down, just shut your mouth shut and your be like, mouth, okay, let's take a break. Pause. <laughs> um, Breaks are healthy. <laughs> he, but he has been consistently level in all of these conversations mm-hmm. and he's been Agreed. trying to pull the not leveled person and the person who is distracted in the like imagined idea of what this conversation is. You know, it's like when you're trying to have a conversation with someone, you think that you're like, you're meeting on the same loving, like playing field. And then the other person is actually having a totally different conversation way up here. And you're like, Hey, no, come back down here. Come back down here. Like, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what we're talking about. Come back to me. Come back. Look me in the face. Like, come, let's focus on the issue at hand. And he's always that dude who's sort of like in reality, he's like, step down from your delusion for a moment. Come meet me where I'm at. And it's yeah. it's him continuously trying to do that, which is what gets him to that yeah. like, contemptuous place where he says something that's that he shouldn't say. However, when when we see when we see Shanique's parents say, My daughters are perfect, I expect that a man on the first date is gonna want to marry them. First of all, you don't want you don't fucking want that, trust me. No. And and then you 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 can't see why. Like, I'm sorry, have you never been a, in a fight with that daughter? Have you never seen her react in the way that she's yeah. reacted before? Like, come on, let's have a little bit of like humility and awareness about yeah. what we're doing. I, yeah. I named it. I said, I get passionate and I need to learn yep. to let that go. Shanique, needs to, Shanique yep. needs to realize that she's not the only person in her partnerships that needs to make changes. She, she reminds me a lot of, um, what was her friend's name from math? What friend's name? Oh fuck! Oh, Jasmina. Um, wait, she reminds me a lot oh, of Jasmina. Yeah. I'm like, which one? Like, I don't think she's as bad as Alyssa. Like, that's where my mind went. It's like, I don't no. think she's as bad as Alyssa. She reminds me of Jasmina yeah. because she because she yeah. doesn't see that she has any more growing to do, no more work to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully she can also get to a place where Jasmina got to, where she's like, okay, I'm not innocent in this. Let me like fix my shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. So, okay. So that's Shanique and Randall. Now we have Jake and April, which from the get go of them getting back together is like hot mess express. Yeah. Um, Jake immediately comes in and is like, we need to talk right off the bat, quite literally. And April's like, okay, like, sure, what's up? And he starts talking about how she's been posting stuff with other dudes on Instagram, which Jake is like in his confessional, April knows that shit pisses me off. Um, Apparently, she's been texting them and it's getting... he's getting angry about it all. And, uh, instead my counsel to him would be is instead of being like, you did this, you did this listing off, like all the things be like, I feel this way because Because of of what's been happening. Yeah. 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 Or what I heard. Um, yeah. A lot of times when couples get on this, like merry go round of like, um, fighting, it tends to be really focused on the facts of what happened. Mm. Like, I didn't say that. This is what I said. And then before that, I said this. And it's like, okay, fuck any of that. 
let's not talk about what happened. Let's just talk about our feelings because that's where you'll actually make progress. Yeah, like, totally. You know, <laughs> because it becomes this like war of like, you know, that's not what happened. This is what happened, you know? And it's like, that's not the point. You're not arguing because of what happened. You're arguing because of how it made you feel. How it made you feel. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So April walks away. Um, and so she admits like, yeah, you know, I met this guy. We exchanged, you know, contact information. Um, but in her mind, Jake was off with Ray, so it's no big deal. And honestly, like, I'm kind of on Team April in this argument. I'm like, I don't feel that Jake has much ground to be, like, territorial of her when he's been off, like, talking about having babies with Ray for the last three weeks, making out, having a great time. Totally Who agree. cares if she's texting another guy and making out with another guy? Yeah, she's in a couple you know? with someone that she's not engaged in this experience with. Uh, I guess she has yeah. permission to go out into the Austin streets, which is where we find out that 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 they are, they're in Austin. And she is trying to see if she can connect. Like she got kind of gypped yeah. with Colby. So like, let the girl do her thing. Um, and anyway, so that blows up. And so wait, this is where my example of triangulation okay, happens. Let's hear it. So, you know, triangulation is when we use a third party to make someone feel some kind of way. That's one example of it. It can kind of, it can be mutated into other things, but nine times out of 10, um, it happens when someone brings up an ex or someone else in the, in their life and they start comparing you. So it mm. pits you two against each other. So Jake says, that's what I love about Ray because she listened to me and gave me feedback. Mm. And he's telling this to April in a after fight. just spending in a, yeah, fight. in a fight after just spending three weeks with Ray, the very first night, literally the first night that they're back together. And this is what's happening. And so he immediately says, you know, Ray, essentially Ray was better than you because of this. Yeah. And what does that do to April? What does that do? It causes her to feel insecure about herself. It's this comparison. It's like, oh, you know, and so it's not going to fuel her to make conscious decisions for herself in a good way. It's just going to trigger her to feel the need to compete, to latch on, to prove that she's better than Ray, which yeah. is the whole point of triangulation. Mm -hmm. It's to make someone feel, step up. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to make you feel like shit about yourself by comparing you to someone else so that you feel forced to conform to what I want you to be. Yeah. It's super gnarly. It's bad. Um, yeah, there's so we see one of, example there. There's a lot of toxic patterns between Jake and April, if I'm totally Tons. honest. Um, that was completely agree. really difficult. Uh, they didn't handle it well. It sort of just ended with April storming off because she was just like, fuck you, not talking about this anymore. Something else happens where um, April goes through Jake's phone while, she's, while he's Ugh. sleeping um, and he's... Uh, he found videos of like Jake and Ray out in the club. Ray must have been dancing. He's like filming it and she finds it in her phone. And, and I, I really dislike, she says something that really pissed me off. She's like, she's like, listen, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. Hi, I'm April and I'm a psycho bitch. So basically she's like calling herself <laughs> a psycho, a quote, psycho bitch in order to justify the, going through his phone without feeling apologetic about it. It's like you asked yourself for the turmoil that you caused. Like he has this shit on his phone. Obviously that's not good. Obviously that doesn't feel good, but really did you have any right to go through his phone like this? Like without his permission, yeah. that's fucked. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I really yeah, didn't like it's that. It's like yeah. I I feel like if you I'm I'm a firm believer that if you feel the need to go through someone's phone, that trust is just not there yes. anymore. And I so feel that. And it's like the fact that April's doing that, you know, so quickly while when reestablishing the relationship makes me think that there's already established a lack of trust. I don't know if it's just from what happened with Ray cuz that's totally could be the case or if it's something that has been leaked in from their relationship in before the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's clearly showing that April doesn't trust Jake very much because if she did, she wouldn't feel the need to do that to begin with. And as this argument unfolds, Jake is the one saying, you know, I don't trust you anymore because you did that. Totally understand that. So what I think would be an interesting conversation to have is, you know, I'm curious, like if Jake was emotionally mature enough to say like, okay, obviously I'm angry that you went through my phone. It's a huge violation of privacy. And I want to understand why you felt the need to do that. Like, cause clearly you don't trust me if you do that behind my back, you know? Um, and I don't think April deserves to call herself a psycho bitch. I think a lot of women, um, you know, self gaslight by doing that, like, because they've been called that probably by previous partners, but it's like, April, are you a psycho bitch? Or are you someone who has an anxious attachment style who is struggling with trusting her partner right now? And so the way that you're trying to self soothe is by looking for confirmation that he is into you and that he does want to be with you. And you're doing that by looking through his phone. Mm -hmm. You're not psycho. You're with the wrong person. Yeah, totally. And I just think that yeah. it's like, it just feels inappropriate to like, she was so sure that that was an appropriate thing to do until she eventually apologized to him later about it, which I honestly don't even know if I buy because everything that she's been doing has just been towards getting Jake closer and closer to, to her and to their decision to like leave the show together. And I think that she's yeah. ignoring all of these big relationship red flags between the two of them. It's not even yep. necessarily like a Jake red flag or an April red flag. It's, no. It's their it's relationship red flags. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they yeah. really need to no longer be with one another. They're clearly not very happy. Whatever bond that they have. I feel like all of have. them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's Next. talk about... Um, we got to talk about... Madeline and Colby, and then we got to go back to the end of what we see happen with Ray and Zay, which was like oh, yeah. the big the big cliffhanger. Um, but Madeline and Colby sort of jump right back into their relationship, and I think it's one of those things Literally. where it's like you just hop right back into what's familiar. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's some delusion about the fact that like. Colby feels that their relationship is stronger than everyone else's, which is definitely not true. Um, they're still not able to really like have solid conversations with one another. I do see Madeline trying a lot um, yeah. in effort to like share how she's feeling or be clear about where she feels like their relationship is at. Um, I don't know. What did, what's your, what's your take on them so far? I feel like, Colby's delusional, like yeah. full transparency. And, and I want to like, I've, I feel like it's really important to understand like narcissism is a spectrum, right? Like there's a healthy amount of narcissism, like believing you're in yourself, feeling good about yourself. Like that's like on the healthy side of things. And then like, we have a full on diagnosis of NPD, which is something that a lot of people struggle with and like, whatever. 
and there's everything in between, right? And so, um, you know, we're seeing some narcissistic tendencies with Coley come out and the fact that he's a little bit delusional with where their relationship is at and he's not willing to look at the facts. And then also some, he ha- uses very possessive controlling language a lot. Mm. He's like, you know, Madeline and Randall didn't have any issues and we have issues. It feels like she can slip through my fingers is like something he says. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, and then, you know, the next morning he he gets her flowers in this card and she's like all, you know, smitten about that. And then, um, asks about, uh, her experience with Randall and like all of this stuff. And when she answers his question, he gets upset and is like, I just wanted to have a light day today and not talk about this on the first day of us being back together. And it's like, you asked the question. So stop getting whiny that Mm -hmm. she's answering your question. You were the one that brought it up. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it just icky. So Madeline does the same thing, goes through his Apple watch to see, (laughs) you know, his messages, finds something she doesn't like, you know, where she, he's off texting and making out with this girl and it's super sexual and apparently they're FaceTiming. And so she's angry that he didn't tell her about it. Um, and feels that it was inappropriate that he was doing this for the last three weeks, but he feels it's okay. Well, and here's another example of like his problematic, his problematic behavior, which is actually not him flirting and talking to other women, because again, he did the same thing that, um, April did maybe to a different degree, maybe more intimate. Um, but can't fault him for that. But the way that he explains his behavior, he's not taking any responsibility for it. No, it's all blame shifting. Yeah. It's not, he's not lying about it, but he's saying, I did this because of you, Madeline, which is, yeah like not okay. Narky as fuck. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He's like, and he, and he sticks by this a lot. And then there's a, a a tune change because they end up fighting about it for a while. He leaves for an entire day. He doesn't come back that night. He comes back the next day. Um, and he, he changes his tune where he's like, I'm not good enough for you. I, I have real issues. I like, you shouldn't be with me. Like, I'm not ready for you, which is entirely different than how Colby has presented this entire time, which also feels a little narky. And then it is. And then he shows up with her friends um, when Mm -hmm. they're in their dinner out. And he, like, and the reason why I'm setting up all of these events is because it's just like one problematic behavior after the other. And I really want to, like, line that up. So then he shows up with his friends. He's the total charmer, very comfortable in that group setting, even though he knows that, like, her friends probably like they hate him. They hate him. <laughs> she hates him. And so he's he's he he shifts that blame again. He's like, you know, my time spent with other people it was it was what it was, but you know, I did that because of Madeline and and they all just like went berserk. They went berserk. Yeah. They did. Um, and I get why, you know, like it's, it's not okay to hear someone, you know, blame your friend for the choices that they're making. I get that. I totally get that. Um, and they need to understand that like, you know, Colby's not on the hook. That's what Colby's on the hook for. Colby's on the hook for not taking the accountability, not for making out with some other chick and having a sexual conversation and FaceTiming some other girl when Madeline was with Randall. Right. Yeah. So again, it's like, let's be clear with what the issue is here. It's not the fact that he did what he did. It's the fact that he's trying to blame Madeline for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it really was like a snowball effect of just like one toxic behavior after the other, after the other, after the other. 
And Madeline had her own set of things too, you know, like dismissing where Colby was at when he came back that morning. She was like, you know, I get that you're tired, but I'm exhausted and we need to have this conversation. And he's like, I get you're ready, but I'm not ready right now. And then it very much just stayed in this victimy, like, you know, you deserve more than me and blah, 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 blah. I'm not worth it. And yeah, it's all manipulative. It's and all, again, like I said, it's baity to get you to be like, but I love you, but you're yeah, so great. Right. Don't feel that way about yourself. And then the next time that we see them like have a serious one-on-one -on -one chat together is like so they go to the vineyard the vineyard kicks off like uh the end of the eighth episode or the seventh episode and like and mm -hmm. you see all of the couples sort of like play out all of their insecurities with one another as a group it's the first time everyone's seeing their their previous partners and we see Ray and Zay trying to like be in their own little world. Um, April is basically peacocking and trying to like piss on. She's trying to mark her territory with, with Jake. She does a really bad lap dance. It was really bad. She really probably shouldn't ever do that again in public. No, agreed. <laughs> and um, we see Madeline sort of be visibly uncomfortable. She's like trying to make eyes with Randall, but like, Colby's trying to like be her boo out in the world. And, and this is when we see him be like totally fucking delusional because they go home and he's like, we're the strongest couple. If you thought that you were the strongest couple, you were missing all of the body language, the facial cues, what was going on with your partner that was right next to you during that entire event. Yeah. Yeah, I want to back up because yeah. while they were at the winery, um, so Madeline is like distant as fuck from Colby. I mean, at first I saw him like her, She's her rubbing, rubbing his, his back, back and then yeah. it was like totally over here trying to be, be like you said, making eyes with Randall. And then you see, to me, you see both April and Colby do a little bit of triangulation with, uh, with each other to make their partners feel the way that they made them feel the last three weeks. So they straight up like flirt with each other because Colby chucks like um, a piece of food across yeah. the room <laughs> into April's mouth, yeah. like a far and she catches it. So that's like a cute little bonding moment for them. But let's be real. They're flirting with each other in front of Jake, in front of Madeline. Mm. And I totally feel it was uh, a bully moment to like, this is how you made me feel these last three weeks while you guys were off with your other people, you know? And yeah. like, again, a version of triangulation because now they're pitting, you know, they're making this awkward love triangle to make the other person feel the need to compete and prove their worth. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they like, it was just so gnarly. Um, but yeah, you know, she, and I'm, I'm proud of Madeline for being like, I completely disagree with you. Like, I think Randall and Shanique are in a better place. And of course, I think at this point, she's like kind of putting Randall on a pedestal and like, she's just jealous of Shanique. I don't feel, I don't, I don't agree with her. I don't think Randall and Shanique are that strong. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a hot mess, but then they end up having this convo and they make up later and it's like, okay, cool. Um, I just don't foresee that lasting very long. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's, I, I just, it just, none of it really lines up because like I, while I think that Madeline is trying harder with Colby and their like reconciliation than I was expecting, I still don't understand what her Same. business is. Oh, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that she was taking issue with the way that she found Colby talking about Madeline to this girl. And she was like, you're so comfortable, like venting about like me to her. Yeah. It's like, girl, you've been doing that from the jump on camera. 
I said that. Yeah, I put that in my notes too. It's like you're that's a little bit of hypocritical. I yeah. feel I feel if there's one um again, this does not justify it. I can understand if she means this, like the chick at the club is a complete stranger. I could understand like I think Madeline may be thinking like I can understand you talking to April about me. But yeah. cuz April knows me and you spent you're living with her for 3 weeks, but like talking to this random bitch about me I don't even deserve to call her that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Talking to this random chick about me. I'm just like, I'm on one today. Just everyone's getting a cuss word label. A little, a little raw. A little raw. <laughs> talking, talking. I am raw. I am so raw today. We I like apologize, it. We stranger. Like it. The person at the club, she doesn't deserve to be called that. <laughs> this gal that um, Colby's been talking to, you know, she. I, <laughs> I feel bitch. like that's what Madeline... <laughs> I'm using my Madeline. I'm channeling Madeline's energy about how this, she was feeling about this girl. This random yeah. bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel so bad. No, that was funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm assuming, I'm again, making this assumption. If she's talking about it from that light, I can kind of understand. But she, again, has no ground to stand on because from the get-go with everybody, not just with Randall, she has been talking smack over and over again about how sick she is of Colby. So it's like, Everyone. girl, really? Even like, in front of his face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody. That was pretty hypocritical. Okay. So what we also see falling out of the vineyard trip is um, Ray and Zay get caught up in their same, like, same circle of a debate. Like, he's he's trying to tell her, like, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to make this work. I want us to be able to work on the things. He actually opens this conversation up where he, he's like, what is it that you need from me to be different? Yeah. What do you need? What do you need? And I thought that that was really useful. I like how he phrased it. I yeah. think he said, um, uh, I didn't write it down. Anyway, basically he was just like, you know, what do you, what do you need for me to be different? And she just was like, listen, I don't want to talk about it. I want to take a shower. I don't want to do this. Like blew it up. And then yeah. they, um, uh, say is like not satisfied with that he wants he doesn't want her to walk away from the conversation he keeps trying to pull at her he's getting more frustrated that she keeps trying to walk away he really at this point he should have let her walk away because everything mm -hmm. that followed whether he like felt like he got snubbed in the conversation or not he needed to fucking put that conversation down because now he's putting his hands on her he's physically and he's a big dude he's a big yeah. dude he's physically putting his yeah. hands on her he's trying to like bring her into his physical space. He wants her to be as close to him in order to have this conversation that she's already said that she doesn't want to have. And then she sort of gets out of his grasp, goes into the bedroom. We don't see anything, but we can hear her just being like, Zay, 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 stop, stop. And it was yeah. just not good. It was hard to watch. It was hard to listen to. It was. Um, and it was it disappointing was. to see because I actually really like Zay. So it was disappointing. I know. I yeah. think he he really struggles with um, managing his emotions and he has serious abandonment issues because the second that that's even an option for Ray is when he his fight response comes out. So it's like you got to That's a Zay thing. You got to deal with that abandonment wound. Otherwise, you're always going to be trying to control, trying to possess, trying to like control, you know, how your partner's feeling, thinking and where they're going. And it's like you mm. can't. You can't. You got to put I that think, down. I think that so, this is what she was uh, referring to when they had the the girl saying a couple episodes ago where she was like, uh, he's it's reactive. His, it's, his, it's his response. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Did we miss anybody on this episode? Or are we good? I think we I think, I think we talked about everyone. We didn't talk about the bachelorette party, which was... Uh, fuck it. It was weird. It was just yeah. weird. They brought Alexis back to celebrate her getting engaged to Hunter. And she's like, we're living together now. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I think what was difficult um, about it, I think the only thing that was significant that came out of it, I guess two things. One... April thought that she was pregnant, so she wasn't drinking. And they were trying yeah. to... Uh, Alexis was basically cornering Ray. I actually really felt bad for Ray in this moment. They're cornering Ray to be like, "Yeah, do, is is Jake, yes or no? Is Jake someone that you want to be with? And she was like, I could see myself being with someone like Jake. And I think that Ray is having this moment where she's realizing that she doesn't want to get married in the way that she thought that she did when she entered the show. And I think that that's actually totally. really fucking mature of her. I think that she needed to Agreed. learn. She needed to learn about the fact that how she entered this experience was the wrong way for her, for her goals and coming out of it. She's like, I don't even think I want to marry either of these motherfuckers. So yeah. <laughs> I give her credit for that. And so to be cornered and sort of more or less like be bullied a little bit to be like, what is it? Is it yes or no? It's a yes or no question. You've been having a good time. What is it? And she's like trying to be mindful of, April over there and she knows that April's like not going to take this super well even though if she says that she's going to and April gets pretty reactive and Ray's crying and it was just messy it was messy I didn't like it it was so messy it was so messy it's like just let just this night's about you Alexis can we just please hang out <laughs> and just chill and like keep the vibe up like why do we got to get all of yeah. the people's business yeah you know um so, yeah, and she's still bitter about Colby. It's like, girl, you're engaged. Why are you even freaking that Oh, my that God. Up? Yeah, leave, it, leave like, it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Okay. Yeah, hot mess express. So. Let's just, let's just read red flag, green flag this moment. Not this moment. Okay. All of these moments. The green flags are so hard to give out. My red flag would 100% go to Zay and, like, needing to manage that fight response because it's really scary um, especially if we're talking about, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's period, <laughs> period. I'm saying that before I even make my point. <laughs> when, when someone is, is tall in demeanor, like in stature and is very passionate, quote unquote, <laughs> with how they try and communicate their feelings and the other person is visibly uncomfortable and you cannot self-control to check yourself to either lower your voice to give them their space it's a recipe for large emotions it's a recipe for disaster yeah. in the long run yeah it's I, I i i feel for our tall kings out here in this way but you have to yeah. be you have to be responsible and aware of the space that you take up and how intimidating that can be, even if you don't mean And it. I mean, I want to say this really quick because that doesn't mean average height folks or shorter folks get a pass. That's not yeah, true either. Not. Please hear me. Like, yeah, it's just, it's an added layer as well because of the amount of space you take up. So it, it just scary. feels like energy wise. Yeah, especially for women, but especially for women, like even if you have not, there's not an aggressive bone in your body and you're not going to do anything yeah. for women. Many of us have been in experiences in which we have had to unfortunately suffer the consequences of a, um, of a man who is like physically a lot stronger than us taking our 
autonomy, our physical autonomy away from us. I'll just put it that way. Totally. So yeah, you ha- like even if that's not your intention, you do have to be aware of it. Yeah. And I've even been with partners who are my height or maybe an inch or two taller. And even then when they raise their voice, it's very triggering. Scary. It's like, oh my God, I get scared. Yeah. And so it's, it doesn't, you know, size definitely like has an additional impact, but regardless the energy in which you, um, that fuels your communication when you're feeling your feels, check it, just yeah. be mindful. Yeah, totally. What about you? Uh, red flag. Red flag is, um, Shanique's lack of awareness that she's part of her own problem. Mm, yeah. So true. Yeah. I, I really, I would, I think Shanique would really benefit because I think that she is a fucking catch, bro. I think she is such mm. a catch outside of her being like 10 out of 10 gorgeous. She is respectful. She respects herself. Yeah. She handles herself really well in a lot of other situations, but in the conflicts that I've seen her with some of these men, it, she totally turns off and she turns away and she digs. So she likes to like sort of maintain control or power in conflict by yeah. physically removing herself and continuing to try to like have the last word. And I just find it to be really immature. And I think that it never is going to lend itself to like progressive conflict resolution. And I don't care who you're with, you will continue to run into that issue. So it's, it's a red flag on her part for her to like call to action and like do some work with. Totally. Um, my one little like positive note I have in these three pages of notes that I took. <laughs> Your my green, flag? green flag. Is this a green flag? This is my green flag. Would be for Ray in a communication that she said to Zay before this whole blow up that we just described where she's like, I don't have enough energy for this today. She was very mm. mindful about clarifying because at first she was like, I don't have the energy for this. I'm done. Like, I need to be done. And then she reiterated it and was like, today, like, I need to be done today. Like, I'm at my end's rope for today or yeah. end of my rope for today. And I think that's, yeah. I feel and like that's of- really, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a really good um communication skill to have because when we say things like i'm so done i'm done with this conversation i can't i'm out. it's like okay forever it leaves the other person wondering like uh 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 and so when you can be very mindful about like in this moment and for the rest of today we need to like i need to put this down because of where i'm at that's really great because you're letting the other person know like i'm not saying we can never have this conversation again or that i'm refusing to have this conversation i'm just saying for the rest of today my energy on this is spent and i think that's really good so good job ray Mm -hmm. yeah what about you i'm just surprised that ray's getting green flags from us i i was gonna give her one in the spirit of uh having clarity on what she actually wants out of a relationship, which it seems like it's very different yeah. from what she, but I want to give it to Randall for trying to call <laughs> an awareness to like the work that both he and Shanique are supposed to be doing. I think that he needs to continue to work on his approach, but I, I found him to be someone who was not super combative, even when, what he was getting from his people were, yeah. was combat. I totally agree with that. I like that. Look at that. Some Look green at that. flags. Green flags. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
So we have our first mini session for you guys today. Yep. So excited about it. With our friend of yeah. the pod, Carrie. It's- Carrie, she's so great. Um, so we, she's been going through a breakup and kind of on her healing journey and processing that. And so we're really excited for you guys to hear um, her side of what she's been going through, how she's been trying to navigate it. And then um, Brie and I absolutely give her some some advice. <laughs> Okay, so Carrie is joining us today for a mini session here on Ditch the Script Pod. Hey, Carrie. Um, yes. Hi there. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And so, Carrie, if you could just give us a quick recap of what you want us to kind of help you with today, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, well, I went through a breakup around six months ago, and I was with her for probably, I want to say about eight months, mm-hmm. about seven to eight months. And a little bit of background story about it. I, I guess you can say it was mutual. It was, it was a very, I think the reason why it was so rough was because I had, there was this like, I don't know, I guess you can say falling out. Mm-hmm. And it was because I didn't go to like one of her family events. And like, I do look back on that and I like, I definitely have guilt about it. And I definitely you know, it was kind of one of those situations where I was choosing between, it's going to sound awful, but like choosing between her and like a parent and it kind of got a little rough. And then we talked about the, like, I think like if it happened like a Saturday or Sunday, we talked about it Monday and we were exchanging like Christmas gifts basically. And she basically wanted a break. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of freaked out about it. And learning now from it, like begging looks bad. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I was basically like pleading with my life. It was very Mm. ugly crying Mm. a lot of, you know, shame and guilt and all of that. And we decided to go on said break. Um, the first month was awful for me. Um, Mm. it was a lot of, I think what we, I think what you guys would call it, you just correct me, but I think it was like a lot of breadcrumbing involved a lot of um there was a situation where I felt like I was cornered kind of into like um like I I guess you can say like I just didn't feel safe in that relationship anymore and I kind of just said like I I can't do this anymore and it kind of just went downhill (laughs) but yeah here I am now (laughs) and so oh go ahead Brie do you have any contact now no okay Um, and then, so the question that we're going to be kind of discussing with Carrie is like moving on from an ex when you have like heavy emotions and kind of these like thoughts of, should I have done this? Could I have done that type Mm -hmm. thinking? Um, so I'm really excited to hear what Bree has (laughs) to say about some of this. Well, it's, it's interesting just listening to you, Carrie. It's like, I've been there probably more mm-hmm. times than I'm super proud of. But like when you were like the begging, I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> I, I beg. I've literally begged. Mm-hmm. I just want to like validate how difficult it is to like, uh, be confronted with what, whether it's a break or a breakup, because sometimes it's not clear what it is in, in the moment and how, how hard that feels when it's not what you want. And it's mm-hmm. so challenging emotionally. Cause it really just like gets the best of you and, And like, you're allowed to have an emotional response. You're allowed to like be sad about that and feel 
like this person didn't get to hear from you of like why this is so important to you or why you think you should be together and why you think you're a good couple and why you should keep seeing each other. And it's just mm -hmm. hard. Um, but I want to ask, do you feel, because the way that you're talking about it, you're like, yeah, I wouldn't do that again if, if I had to be in the same position. Do you feel differently about your desire to be with this person now, six months later? Can you rephrase that? Do you feel, um, do you feel like, are you in a different emotional place with how you feel about this person? Uh, like, do you still want to be with them? Is it, are they still someone that you think about or are you in a different place as far as moving on? Um, I, I guess I could say I feel differently about them, like knowing that we were not compatible. I don't think it would have worked out long-term. Um, she even said it to me, like, I don't think we would have lasted more than like, I'm making this up two or three years, um, which is fine. I get it. Like everyone has their own goals with their careers, you know, everything like that. And I think, I mean, as much as painful it was, I feel like it was mutual at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like you can miss someone, but no, they're not good for you. I think that's kind of how it, like, I can be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What a, can I ask what about it that you miss? Mm, let me see. I definitely feel Jedi like, tricks over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would have missed or what I, ha what I do miss is like, I definitely remember we've had really good conversations on the phone or like when we were together, we had like like deep conversations, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I've never had with like previous partners. Mm -hmm. And I think I do like, I don't want to say hold on to that, but I'm like, I'm thankful for, because I usually wouldn't have had that deep connection with someone on that kind of a level. Now, were there a couple of times we had a fight about something and we didn't talk for three or four or five days? Yeah, that was, you know, like I let yeah. my emotions take over and that was not good, but we like made up and it was fine. Yeah. But it was definitely... And I think I'm, I might have talked about it with you, Alex, previously, but I think it was one of those things where the, like, the caretaker in me comes in mm -hmm. and it's like, I saw the good in her when other people couldn't. So yeah, right. that was really hard to let go of. Yeah. You feel like you got this like exclusive access to her that no yeah. one else had. And that makes us feel really special and super chosen. Yeah. Um, yeah. The connection, missing that connection, that's real. Cause that's a different kind of loneliness when you don't, when mm -hmm. you don't feel like you have access to that person anymore. What yeah. do you notice? Are there any, like, are there any patterns in which like when you notice that you miss her most as you go on about your days? Um, I mean, I, I remember the very first month was awful. I mean, I was mm -hmm. crying in my car four times a day. Mm -hmm. I think I was on the floor at once crying. Like I lost it. Um, now it's more just like it's passing, like it'll come through for like a couple minutes or maybe an hour at most. And then it goes away. Cool. And then I'm okay for the most part. Is it when you're like alone? Is it when you're out? Is it when you like see stuff that reminds you of her? Which is kind of funny. Cause I was just like, you know, she drives a specific car and sometimes I'll like see the car and it doesn't really bother me as my, as, as I thought it would. Yeah. I think it's more like an, a more of an emotion. So like if an emotion comes up, like for example, um, like I lost my dad last year. Right. So I'll like re it's kind of, it's like I'm more sensitive now I've noticed like mm. I'm more 
sensitive. Like if I read a book or watch a movie of someone dying, like it definitely brings out more feelings. So and then, yeah. and then the roller coaster <laughs> keeps spiraling down and down and down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So it's more like that. Yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what's really, cause first of all, I just want to say, I so relate to the romanticizing of the person because of the connection we had with them. Mm. Yeah. What I, cause like going through a breakup myself right now, and I can really relate to what you're going through, especially Mm -hmm. in the context of this specific thing. Um, what I think is really important for us to remember is that although we had a beautiful ability to have these kinds of philosophical connections and conversations with your ex. And in this case, my ex too. Um, (laughs) I think we need to understand that that is not the only person on the planet that we're going to be able to connect like that with. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard to embrace that mindset when you're in your feelings. Cause it's Mm -hmm. like, you're just emotionally flooded. You are like, it feels like the end of an era. In some cases it is the end of an era and our brain loves to play tricks on us, especially when you bring up the car thing. That's actually like, Brie, do you know the name of that phenomenon? I can't remember what it is, but it's like you buy, it's like your ex has that car. And then all of a sudden you're seeing that car everywhere. Yeah. I can't remember Um, what it's called, but that's exactly what that is. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that your brain likes to do to play tricks on you. And we love to assign meaning. I have a client who also struggled with this for quite some time with his narcissistic ex. It was like, you know, oh my God, I'm seeing a picture of in and out. Does that mean I need to move to California for her? Like (laughs) we love to assign meaning to these things and Mm -hmm. we need, and this is why I feel education is so important for healing is because when we know what's happening in our brain and in our bodies and with our emotions, it's easier to kind of like self-witness like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing her car and I feel this like longing or this emotion arising. And I know that this is because my brain is seeking that out subconsciously and it's assigning Mm -hmm. meaning to what's going on. Right. So I think that's really helpful. And I think also remembering like we can honor the connection we had with our exes. Like you can literally say like, I love that part of our relationship. That was amazing. That's something that Carrie, you now know you value that in a partnership. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, you can be like, I want a partner that I have the capability of doing that with. And we need to recognize, although that that may have been the first time you've experienced that, there's going to be other women that you experience that with moving forward too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're allowed to, like you said, you're allowed to miss them and know that although this one thing was so beautiful, there were other aspects of this relationship that just weren't going to work out long-term. Right. Carrie, I wanted to sort of ask you on the same topic of what Alex is bringing up, which is like, what from your experience in this relationship with her, have you come away from learning or appreciating or even just noticing, even if it doesn't feel super positive? Sorry, can you rephrase that? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, After coming out of this relationship with her, Mm -hmm. Uh, what is it that you are taking away from it? Like, what are the things that you valued in it? What are the things that you appreciated about it? Or what are the things that you've learned? It's going to sound a little weird, I guess, but I guess I can say I believe more in second chances, I think. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Because it's like, you can look at something at a superficial level, right? And be like, you know, take it as it is. Or like, it's kind of like, 
I think the one thing that I struggled with is that like, oh, it's going to sound so corny, but whatever I'm going to say it anyways for all the world to hear. But I think what I think it was more of, you know, there were things, there were certain aspects I was kind of like, okay, like not annoying, but I was kind of like, it is what it is. And it's mm -hmm. like, I still loved her through that. And I was like, now some people can argue like, oh, Carrie Lynn, like you shouldn't, that's not a reason to like stay with somebody or something like that. But like, even though I was kind of like iffy about a certain thing, I still loved her for it. And I like, you can say like, oh, you held on to that for way too long. Like, yeah, some people can make that argument. I mean, it wasn't like anything like, like horrific she did, obviously not. But it was, you know, I, that's why I think I'm like a big believer in second chances. And I think that's where our values kind of clashed a little bit because she had certain values. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not, but again, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely like a, I'm definitely more of a believer of second chances, third chances. Well, it depends on what the chance you gave them, but yeah, you know, yeah. I like that. Again, it, de it depends. <laughs> yeah, totally I like depends. that. Choosing when, you know, cause we have the autonomy of choice. Like I think a lot of people forget, like we have options. And so choosing to give someone grace in a relationship is huge, especially because ain't nobody perfect, right? We all have right, our own exactly. version of our own red flags. So like, I love that that's your takeaway from it is, you know, I get to choose what kind of chance I give, right? What kind of grace right. I give and how many times I give that grace, yeah. right? Like that's so empowering for, for mm -hmm. you. And I hope you look at it that way. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah I do get to choose. Like, this is my grace to give to whoever mm -hmm. I decide to give it to yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think what moving forward can look like, I mean, there's, there's an infinite amount of ways in which you could move forward and whatever you decide feels natural to you and helps you, um, move like through each day in peace is going to be the best yeah. light for you. Um, mm -hmm. but I think based on what, like what I'm hearing and what you're being gracious enough and giving is that like you can, take all of this experience that you've had with this person and sort of decide what are the things that I feel like I've either learned to appreciate about myself in this process that mm -hmm. I've learned to appreciate about what it was like to be with this person. And I want to keep that in mind so that I am looking for that in my next partnership or sorry, my dog has something. It's okay. to Tucker. <laughs> he wants to <laughs> chime in. Um, and like, to sort of like give gratitude for the fact that you now have this information from this experience that you didn't have before. And also giving yourself credit for like noticing when it was eventually time to leave, like mm -hmm. however long you feel like it took you to get out, even if you started noticing some big red flags earlier before you made that decision, you eventually made that choice. Like, yeah, huge. Yeah. And yeah. like those feelings that come up, that's so normal. And that's so part of our human nature. So that like, when those feelings come up, it's like, it can be painful, but it also is this like sort of beautiful reminder that like we're human beings and that we're yeah. able to be affected by these things and we can sort of feelings pass. Yeah. So they yeah. in, pass through and then be out, you know, don't fight it. You know, obviously if you're driving, drive safe. <laughs> and, and, and then allow it to pass and then be able to take that note and be like, look, I did that again. I had that feeling. I thought about her. I didn't text her. I kept it moving. Wow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it was, you know, you're moving on. Yeah. 
Tucker really wants you to know that you're loved. That's Aww. what he's trying to tell you. <laughs> Unless he's um, not able to do anything about him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so just to piggyback off of what Bri is saying, like, I think um, in addition to all of that, this kind of like penance we give ourselves when we leave the relationship and then have hindsight of like, oh my gosh, I should have done this. Why did I justify those red flags? You know, I'm so stupid. And we get so mad at ourselves for, you know, the long, like sometimes maybe the extra grace we gave that we feel in hindsight, we shouldn't have given or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I want everyone to know, including you, right. The amount of beating ourselves up is not, is only going to keep you stuck longer. Like I said this once a while ago, I'm going to say it again on this show. If beating yourself up worked, it would work by now. Like, you know what I mean? All of us, we all struggle with head trash and we got to put it down because it's like, again, it doesn't work because if it did, we would have the end result we want already. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, when it comes to what you said, you know, like seeing these red flags, justifying them. And now in hindsight, you're like, oh my gosh. And then this happened. And now you can see it clearly for what it is. We need to understand that. Okay. Yes. I justified that red flag or I missed that red flag. And that doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because now I know better. And that's really what matters is like taking the time to say like, what did I miss? What aspects of this relationship, you know, could have been better. How could I have contributed to that? Okay. And now that I know that, I'm making a commitment to myself to start taking action to do better next time. Whereas like sitting in these ruminating thoughts of like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Or like, what was I thinking? Like, it's not going to go get anywhere other than you feeling like shit about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's not the vibe that we want. Right. So it's like, we're just going to put it down. Um, and it's much easier said than done. And so like some things that really work for me, this is going to sound so basic, but this really works for me is okay. This is a decision I made, right? Like I decided to give extra grace or I decided to do X, Y, or Z and that's okay. And that's okay. It sounds so simple, but validating the fact that, okay, yeah, I made a boob or maybe I didn't like that choice I made in hindsight it's okay. Now what I'm going to do moving forward is dot, dot, dot. It's like, Mm -hmm. take the thought, validate it. Like, all right. Yeah. It's okay. That I'm kind of annoyed at myself for like justifying those red flags and moving forward. I'm going to make a commitment to myself that the next time someone, you know, says something that's inappropriate about a loved one of mine, you know, or whatever it was, I'm using the cell phone example that you shared with us earlier, Carrie, you know, I'm going to speak up for myself, right? Like that's the end of the sentence is the next time something like that happens, that's the solution, right? Is right. being like, hey, actually this is near and dear to my heart and I don't appreciate, you know, being poked fun at about that, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever the appropriate verbiage is. For yeah, because I definitely noticed I was definitely very passive in that relationship. Like I was very, I definitely did not stand up for myself at all, <laughs> which is not good, but. And you're working on it now. Now I know to do it. So there you go. Yeah. And you've already started doing it. Like I'm sidebarring here. Like I've worked with Carrie a bit one-on-one. And so you've already started doing it, girl, like celebrate yourself. You're setting the boundaries. Like you're doing it. So the fact that you have this perspective and this insight about what some of those patterns of behaviors were like, 
first of all, it takes two to tango. So like so mm-hmm. how your ex contributed to the, to the conflicts that you face or the challenges that you guys faced, she has her own responsibility for it. But when you're able to look back and be like, yeah, I was super passive and yeah, I really didn't stand up for myself. That, it, that awareness is what allows you to break those patterns. You're still mm-hmm. gonna have moments where you're inclined to be passive because that might mm-hmm. be your fault, right? Yeah. But as you continue to, you're, you're aware of it, you're gonna have some of these moments in future situations, hopefully with someone who is um, more invested in the relationship that you want with you. Um, and there be you'll be able to be like, okay, I'm starting to feel like I wanna just like not say anything. And I just wanna like let them do their thing because they clearly feel really strongly. And then you're like, I'm gonna take this risk right now. I'm gonna try speaking up for myself. And it's in those moments, it starts with having the awareness of like, okay, I really don't speak up for myself. And then it's in mm-hmm. those moments where you make a choice here to do something a little bit different, that that's what's gonna fuel the rest of that change that you're looking to see for yourself. Yes. Tucker hitting uh, it Tucker home. agrees. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my gosh, that was so good, Brie. I love that. Thank you I so love much. That. Yeah. Welcome. You're going to be fine. You're so, she already, is. I mean, I can You're tell, so I can tell good. I'm doing better. I definitely had to yeah. set a boundary last week. And I felt really proud of myself for that. Hell yeah. And then, um, <laughs> it's like I'm a little dance party over here. Yeah. And then, um, I think I, I definitely, I think I, I mean, I've noticed little, like, what do you call them? Like little milestones. I'm like, okay, like I'm doing better. Cause I never would have done that six months ago. And then another one was, um, I think, like, you know, when you're hurt and stuff and then you're kind of just like, you know, I can choose two options. I can either one keep hurting and self-sabotage and maybe X, Y, Z, maybe hurt other people, or you choose the love, you know what I mean? You can choose to love yourself. You can choose to like, you know, hang with my friends and stuff like that. So like, I think I, how that's how I know, like, I know it's six months. So like, I know I have like lots and lots of months to go, obviously. But it's, I think I'm definitely gotten to the point where like, okay, I'm going to choose love. I'm not going to choose the road where yeah. I'm going to like hurt someone else or hurt my, there's no, there's no need for that. It's just, you're just feeding into that negative energy. There's no need for that. Totally. Totally. I want to make sure you celebrate all these milestones you're mentioning. Thank you. I really do. Because, um, so Carrie has a dog walking business. She's very busy woman with lots of, lots of puppies and animals. <laughs> and you know, the secret to training a dog is what? Uh, <laughs> positive positive reinforcement hell yeah it's the same with humans (laughs) yeah it's the same with humans so you're gonna lock in all those milestones you're achieving when you celebrate them and like you treat yourself like literally so if you're looking for an excuse to go buy more manga or anything this is it like yes there you go yes (laughs) got the last one I love I just just finished 33 last night so now I'm starting this one (laughs) we're we both love that anime show so oh yeah um yeah oh well I'm talking I'm telling you and you and me yeah I know nothing nothing (laughs) about anime but I'm happy for you both yeah Um, thanks she's reading it (laughs) I I love I love what you said about the uh like the, the investment that you're putting into like yourself your platonic relationships I think when you feel those like uh those pangs from your past relationship, whether it's this one or other ones that you've been in or situations mm-hmm. or whatever, like, like allow yourself to feel it, put that energy back into yourself, like yes. fall in love with yourself during this time. It's going to continue to serve you. It's going to continue to enrich the, the moments that you spend doing the things that you love or hanging out with the people that you love. And 
That's valuable. So thank you. That you said that. Thank All you. Right. Well, that was a great little mini sesh. Carrie, I hope you got a lot out of it. Thank you guys um, so much. I appreciate it. Thank you totally. for being here. Yes, we love it. First mini sh- mini session in the books, baby. Yeah. And a great Thank room. You. A great yeah. room. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks so much. So um, if you enjoyed that mini session, it's something that you feel like you could get use, use out of, something that you would find useful to you. Um, you can uh, write to us at our podcast website at www. Sorry www.ditchthescriptpod.com slash podcast podcast mm-hmm. right and then that's where you apply for a mini session you can also just write into the show and ask a question anonymously if you want to follow us on social media you can reach us at ditch the script pod on both instagram and tiktok that's where we are that's where we'll be um okay also like share it. subscribe yeah yeah Review. Yeah, leave a rating, review. (laughs) We love you guys. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Peace out, Girl Scouts.